Welcome home to the Tiny Hat Energy Podcast. My name is Amanda, and my commitment is to be radically vulnerable as I share my story, energy, and love with the intention it will help you as you journey through life. I am on a mission to help create a new world of love where space is saved for everyone's tiny hat energy. My name for the energy present when we embody our most loving, vulnerable, and authentic self. Together, we will walk through both immense suffering from trauma, addiction, incarceration, grief, and mental health, and immeasurable joy from overcoming suffering, finding my tiny hat energy, and living once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Every moment of my life has been a gift from grace calling me home to my natural state of love. After almost taking my life in a desperate attempt to stop suffering, I finally woke up and answered that call. I welcome you to join me on this journey of learning, unlearning, healing, and loving. I'm so grateful and humbled that the universe brought you here with me today, and I love you. Hi friends. Starting this introduction has been a challenge for me because capturing the totality, complexity, and depth of a soul and a lifetime is difficult to do in a short bio, or in this case an introduction episode. Regardless, as I always promise to do, I will do the best that I can at my current state of consciousness to bear my soul to you. I want to talk a little bit about intentions and alignment. It was really important to me before starting recording this that my energy was aligned because aligned energy brings aligned results and it's really important to save space for and acknowledge that while this is my truth and my perception and my story, there are other perspectives and this sharing of this story involves other people from my family and friends and partner and those in my past. So I really just want to be clear that I know that this is my perspective and I save space for other perspectives. I also want to give a language and trigger disclaimer. As far as language, I really encourage you to take the words that I'm saying and apply the words that resonate for you. So take what you like and what works, leave the rest, classic little recovery quote there, (laughs) and just know that I'm just using words that make sense in my experience. You'll often hear me list off, you know, five or six words for something um, just to kind of really capture what I'm talking about and open your mind to the reality that there are multiple perspectives of the same thing. As far as triggers go, it's tough to provide trigger warnings when your entire story can be a trigger. Um, But, you know, I think my bio really accurately captured my story and the high level of, you know, addiction, incarceration, grief, mental health, pregnancy loss. There is quite a lot of death in my story. There is a lot of struggle with suicidal ideations and behaviors and that's just a part of my story and what I would really plead with and encourage is for people to walk through those difficult moments with me staying in the light and understand that while my story has immense darkness and suffering and pain and things that you probably have experienced as well I'm sitting here today alive, happy, whole, and 
the purpose of sharing this is to spread hope and to show people that you can overcome anything and that those things don't have to define you and that suffering doesn't have to be your life. So I just ask that you stay in that inherent essence and truth with me. Why are we here? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I feel really passionately about ending and healing suffering and helping other people journey into and finding and embodying their authentic selves. I think that authenticity and love is how we move out of where we are as a species and as a society. I consider myself an extremely experienced sufferer (laughs) and I've had a dynamic life. There's been a lot of suffering, but that's not all this story is going to be about. There's been a lot of joy and I'm so grateful to have experienced some really cool things in my life and I'm going to do my best to capture the duality of that the um reality of the suffering but also of the joy because it hasn't all been bad I don't really like to label things as bad but it hasn't all been negative and I just want you to know that I consider myself a love guru if you will a love advocate and I love you and I love your most authentic self and I encourage you to find strength in my story to take that and apply that to your life and spread your authenticity tiny hat (laughs) what is the tiny hat Um, I guess if you don't know me or you do and you haven't heard the story I can kind of get into a little bit of what that is and how we got here today The tiny hat was a rainbow plastic party city cowboy hat that I wore about a year ago last summer at a music festival and essentially tiny hat is my healed and whole inner child and the energy that I give off and embody when I'm in that is my most authentic and loving self obviously and this podcast is the story of how I reached that place and It'll be interwoven with high vibe coaching and, of course, an abundance of love and support. So now that we've kind of gotten through all of those uh, intros and disclaimers and explanations, I guess we can just go ahead and get into it. My intention with this podcast is to share my high-level overview in the start and then kind of go into things more in detail as this journey moves forward. I would just really like to kind of capture the high-level themes of my life and things that I've overcome and things that I personally have experience on and have done a lot of work around and have done a lot of education around and feel that in my story, in my perspective, I have enough experience with these things that I feel I can share about them and Hopefully that resonates with you and hopefully you can find hope in my story. Taking it all the way back to the beginning, obviously, I am 30 years old. So going back three decades to the early 90s, I kind of really think about generational trauma and how unhealed trauma in parents and grandparents and familial lines just continues to pass down and until that is acknowledged and understood and processed 
that pattern continues and I've kind of made it my mission this year to interrupt that pattern and to take on some of that healing work because addiction and domestic violence and some of these things are kind of common themes in certain parts of my family and as a young child I was the product of two people who loved me immensely and were young and hadn't had any type of you know healing and working through their own traumas and my parents relationship involved domestic violence and some of my youngest earlier memories you know involve witnessing that in addition to that you know my father struggled with addiction um there were drug problems when I was younger, though the major theme, especially through my you know teen years and adult life, was alcoholism. As the child of a parent who is an addict, that experience changes you, and I am so acutely aware, especially now through my healing journey, how much that impacted me, how much witnessing that struggle in his life impacted me, how much that environmentally and probably genetically and emotionally impacted me and became a pattern that I too played out in my life. And in addition to being the child of an addict, I was also the child of parents who struggled with domestic violence and witnessed some of that. And growing up in that environment, you know, that leaves imprints on on a child as well. Those are such formative years. And I'm able to look back now at my childhood and see how a lot of these things that were going on led to a lot of my issues with anger, my struggle with addiction, my struggle with mental health, something that both of my parents struggled with and, you know, continued to struggle with throughout my life. And I really want to save space here for a second for the fact that my parents did the best that they could. And that's something that I always struggled with when my mom used to say it to me because when I was identified with my ego it felt like a dismissing of what I had experienced and this is where you know real growth and something that I hope to pass on to all of you as you listen to me happens is understanding and saving space for two realities. My parents did the best they could and some of those things that happened impacted me and were trauma and shaped the course of my life and I became an adult and made my own decisions so it's a very complex thing when we talk about generational trauma when we talk about childhood trauma when we talk about parenting and I just ask everyone keep an open mind and understanding that complexity and saving space for all sides of that coin my parents did love me and My childhood wasn't all negative and though I have very few memories from my childhood as a result of trauma and extensive, you know, use of narcotics in my addiction, I do kind of have these high overarching themes, right? The brain remembers impactful moments and definitely more of those negative impactful moments than positive. And when I think of, you know, specifically the first 
10 years of my childhood, the kind of really large overarching themes are the domestic violence and conflict between my parents and the addiction with my father and my mother's struggle, you know, through her trauma and her mental health. And something else really impactful that just can't go unmentioned for this to be authentic. And I just want to be really clear that I haven't ever talked to anybody about this. Um, I have talked to my partner and my mother about it and maybe a counselor too. But putting this out there for everyone to hear is really difficult. And I didn't touch on this a whole lot earlier, but this concept of being seen, bearing your soul, being vulnerable... I think it is the solution to so many of the problems that we have and it's challenging and I just ask for grace and kindness and compassion in sharing some of these things because it is difficult. I do it to break the stigma. I do it to start the conversations. I do it to heal. I do it to provide hope more than anything. I want to share this so that you all can hear this and know that if these things are in your story, you too can overcome them. And so that thing that I haven't really talked about much is that I, as a really young child, I honestly don't know the exact age, sometime between, I want to say three and six, was sexually assaulted by another young child at the daycare at the gym that my parents went to and I didn't really remember that until that started coming back to me in night terrors as a teenager and then I just kind of buried it and didn't really start to think about the psychological and subconscious impacts of that trauma until very recently as I started my in-depth healing journey but it felt worth mentioning because it is a big part of my story and it is something that talking about will not only help me process through but will connect with a lot of people because unfortunately sexual assault is something that you know is prevalent in our society. Another high level theme of my childhood was moving a lot and changing schools a lot. I went to several elementary schools. I went to three middle schools and two high schools. We moved a lot and there was just kind of general periods of you know a lot of change and sometimes a lot of chaos in you know kind of growing up with my mom and moving through a lot of the situations that she found herself in for her life. This part of my story is really difficult for me to talk about because I want to save space for and honor my parents and I don't currently have communication with one of them and the other one is deceased and my relationship with my mom has always been and when you take two strong, independent, stubborn women who both have a lot of trauma and who in essence grew up together as my mom always says it kind of breeds a challenging situation and I love my mother immensely and there has been a lot of pain and damage on both sides of this coin 
And I don't really want to spend time getting into that. I just really want to relate to the essence of the challenging parent-child, mother-daughter relationship and the essence of finding your own identity and separating, you know, from your parents and the identity that your parents had for you or had with you or the dreams they had for your life and kind of figuring that out. The core essence of what I really want to relay here is that there's always been a challenging relationship there. It's included multiple periods of not talking. It's included very hurtful things done on both sides. And my truth and my reality, if I step back and just kind of view it holistically and honestly, is that my relationship with my mother has had toxic moments, has had beautiful and loving and supportive moments, and has definitely shaped me into the woman that I am today. And I am grateful so much for both of my parents and for the things that they've taught me and the both positive lessons and also pain that brought about growth and placed me into a place where I am able to share the story and hopefully impact a lot of people. Another really big theme of my childhood was bullying and this is something that I'm so happy to see the narrative shifting on and I'm so happy to see people talking about again but you know this is in the late 90s early 2000s you know um, bullying was something that kind of followed me through all of my school years when I was younger the kids would call me piglet because my hairs were in pigtails and I was so tiny (laughs) and in middle school I was bullied for dating a woman Uh, keep in mind this is you know 17 years ago so it was a lot different times back then and while I didn't come out until much later in my life to my family we did uh, you know show that at school and there was some bullying around that my mother was an exotic dancer growing up and while I am so grateful for and love and support that choice to support you know my brother and I It definitely impacted not only the environment that I grew up in, but the bullying as well. And I remember a time when some kids came up to me at school and threw dollar bills at me and said that that was for my mom. And there were a couple kids in my school who their dads were clients of my mom's. And so that was something that really impacted me. Kind of coming up on around the age of 10 years old is when depression, anxiety, and self-harm really started to enter my life. And if I'm honest with myself, they didn't fully leave my life until 30. So for the better part of 20 years, that's two-thirds of my life, I lived almost every single day in a state of depression anxiety, suicidal thoughts, PTSD, OCD, insomnia, etc. But that's really when I remember it starting. And I definitely can look back objectively and see that, you know, there were obviously that typical preteen hormonal changes, but this was more than that. And that carried through with me for a really long time. And 
we obviously know now like we need to talk about mental health and we need to break the stigma and we need to be more open to saving space for these experiences that wasn't always the experience and so as I transition into telling this story and sharing this with people that's going to be such a big part of my story is my battle of overcoming mental health something that I feel so grateful and blessed to be able to say today that I've done moving into high school my first relationship my first long-term serious relationship in high school was started at 14 and that relationship is when I'm able to look back on my story and really start to see those unhealthy patterns starting uh, specifically things like you know codependency and just really toxic unhealthy ways of engaging and when that first relationship ended I entered my next long-term relationship which was three ish years we were actually engaged and we were together junior year and senior year and then a little bit after that and I want to be clear before I kind of talk about this high level theme of domestic violence that this person is a good person this person and I have made healing and peace many years ago with our relationship there are complexities and another side to this that I could never fit into this short podcast episode and the purpose here is not to point fingers or dredge up or blame this person for anything but to kind of help understand how I got to where I am today and I think the more that we can honestly talk about this the more that we can heal from it and I also want to be clear that later on in my story you will hear stories of this exact same scenario where I am the aggressor. With that being said, that relationship was very intense. Very off and on, we fought constantly and broke up and got back together regularly. And years of that builds and life stress builds. You know, you're post high school and moving out on your own and going to college and working and stressing to make rent and we were dealing with you know a lot of different things in our relationship and the domestic violence didn't start in the beginning you know at first it's a fight and then you know that gets intense and then there's you know a little shove and then there's you know a little grab and then there's this and then before you know it on my 18th birthday I'm up against the wall by my throat and that pattern of domestic violence that I had in my parents that both of my parents experienced in their lives that I then turned around and experienced in my relationships is a pattern that is one of my core patterns and something that I will talk about a lot and that um, like I said you know manifested in my life later on the flip side so there is no victim there is no um you know, there is no bad guy. There just is a situation with people with unhealed trauma and unresolved energy. And in that specific situation, in that specific moment, I was on the receiving end. However, I save space for the reality that I absolutely was unhealthy and engaged with this person who was struggling with their own things and anger in ways that encouraged that violence to escalate. When this relationship ended, as I said, you know, we were engaged and 
this was my identity at the time and I had moved you know away from my hometown to help this person go through college and was working to kind of help put this person through school and I was absolutely destroyed. I was 19 and felt like my entire life was over and this is the start of my addiction and I remember the day clear as day and I was like I said 19 and I was hanging out with some friends and I was never a drinker I was never a partier I didn't do drugs I was a really good kid and I was really nerdy and into school and graduated high school early and just really focused on that stuff and so at 19 here I am you know so much unhealed childhood trauma so much unhealed generational trauma and now my own adult trauma and you know things that I hadn't been working through I was hanging out with some friends and we were drinking and I remember getting drunk for the first time and feeling better the moment that you have something that numbs the pain and makes you feel better is kind of that flick of the on switch and so that was my first kind of little flick of the on switch of my addiction I started drinking and partying and I was one of those addicts who my entire active addiction from the first time I drank around my 19th birthday to going into incarceration in prison was about a two and a half year journey. My addiction was hard and fast and my downfall happened very quickly. In the matter of six months from my 19th birthday to September, so yeah, about six months, I went from just starting drinking to trying ecstasy to selling ecstasy to trying heroin to being addicted to heroin. And the partner that entered my life at that time that introduced me to heroin is someone who I love deeply and who is no longer with us um he passed away of an overdose and that relationship was such a bright light and such a dark time in my life but definitely a major contributor to a lot of the drug problems that I had Uh, I remember the first time that I used heroin I didn't even know what it was I didn't even know how to do it um this person actually helped me do it and kind of showed me how in that moment of that warm and numb silence of all of the pain that came over me was that real ultimate off to the races moment and it just went downhill from there This feels like an incredible moment to save some space for some of the positive things in my journey. And today I'm so grateful and blessed to be able to say that I have an incredible relationship with this person's mother. She is a dear friend of mine and was at my wedding. And in his honor, I would like to just take a moment to acknowledge how many lives are lost to the disease of addiction and the suffering that it causes and share a message of hope because he had love life tattooed on him and 
when he passed, I got that tattooed on me. And I have to look back on these moments and remember that and encourage everyone to choose joy and to love life because it is such a gift and such a blessing. Getting back into my journey with addiction and just how quickly I was able to reach rock bottom. I went from smoking heroin to injecting heroin to selling heroin to being arrested for selling heroin to undercover officers to meeting my next partner and adding methamphetamines into that. And so in the matter of a year, I went from not really doing anything and drinking to injecting meth and heroin every day, having a giant list of felony charges pending on me, and bouncing in and out of crisis centers and being homeless and being in this relationship that was psychologically abusive and really just kind of run by control and drugs and while this time in my life was very difficult and took a lot of time to work through I want to save space for the fact that this person came to me a few years ago and apologized and made amends and You know, I accept and can realize that we were both in distorted energy and darkness and addiction and our core essence as human beings is love. The things that people do when they are hurting or under the influence of, you know, substances through addiction, etc. are not our inherent nature. I made so many poor choices in that time of my life and was honestly just a shell of a human and caused a lot of destruction to myself, to others, to my subconscious and my psyche and my spirit. While I talk about my days in addiction and it may seem negative and full of suffering, I'm able to really look back at this time in my life now and I am so grateful. I look back on those two-ish years of my life and I truly can't even fathom how I'm alive and just the immense amount of love and grace and protection that I had through those times and you know my family sticking by me through those times as much as they could and just how incredibly lucky I am to stand here recording this today and say I survived addiction I survived incarceration I survived the system and I survived living in literal hell on earth and some of the darkest suffering I could ever possibly imagine I survived that and you can too and I want every single person out there listening to this to understand that You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by the things that you have done. You are not defined by the labels that others and society and the system put on you. You are not defined by your worst moments. You have the power in any moment right now to choose love. You have the power to choose joy, to choose a future that is different than your past. You can break the cycle. You can be the change. And you can find your tiny hat energy and live your most vulnerable, authentic truth just as I am doing today.
this feels like a good place to go ahead and stop for part one. And I just really want to take a second to thank you so much for being here with me today. I know how valuable your energy is, and I do not take it lightly. Next week, we will go ahead and pick up here and start with talking about when I was arrested. This was really kind of one of those major turning points in my life. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know I love you. You can make it through this, and you have support here.